Do you want me to get more coffee? Okay, you okay. get some more coffee, that's fine. Okay, thank you. I, of course, am Mary B's number five son. I have four older brothers, Jim, John, Joe, Jerry. Noise you've heard at the beginning, that's my coffee maker, Rhonda. When I need a cup of coffee, I always say, of course, help me, Rhonda. When I need an emergency cup of coffee, I then say, Help me, Rhonda. Help, help me, Rhonda. I'm doing this because of my love for coffee. Thank you, Rhonda, for another great cup of coffee to start the morning off. Welcome again to Coffee Break with Mary B's Fifth Son. I am Jeff. All right, let's get this week going with episode number 49, which means season two, episode number nine. And number 49, since today's Cubs opening day, we're taping it. Um, Bill Hands, pitcher. Watched him a lot. Very good pitcher for the Cubs. And then for the White Sox, number 49, Chris Sale, who's down with Boston. But left-hander, great pitcher. Um, hated to see him go, but he did win a World Series with Boston. So those are our two number 49s. Let's get with our movie, which is The Hustler. My brothers and I, one of our very, very favorite movies, The Hustler with Paul Newman and Jackie Gleason as Minnesota Fats. Great movie about Paul, Paul Newman's Fast Eddie Felsen, and he wants to beat Minnesota Fats, who's the best, Jackie Gleason, in a great performance. I actually have a big poster of Jackie Gleason shooting Paul in our computer room that I bought many years ago. Great movie. They're playing Paul through the whole night. You know, it's morning. So Eddie Felsen, he, look, he's unshaven, shirts half pulled out, and this and that, and he tells the guy, to go get breakfast and coffee. He needs that cup of coffee, maybe to help him beat Minnesota Fats more because he beat them all night. So he orders a cup of coffee. Great scene. There's more coffee scenes I'll put on in the coming weeks from The Hustler, but that one at the beginning of the movie is very good because he's been shooting pull all night. He needs a breakfast, and he needs that cup of coffee. Fast Eddie Felsen, Paul Newman, probably the greatest actor out there through the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So um, if you want to compare actors right now, I would say Denzel Washington. Comparable acting talent to Paul Newman. Richard you want to give me some breakfast with you? Hey, Sam, you want some, Charlie? Oh, yeah, you're coming with me. We're going to eat breakfast at the hotel. Let's go with our coffee review. Last weekend, Pam and I were in Crystal Lake, downtown Crystal Lake. It's a place called Grounds Coffee Bar. Okay, G-R-O-U-N-D-S, Grounds Coffee Bar in Crystal Lake, downtown Crystal Lake. Um, and actually on the cup, it says, support your local caffeine dealer, which is kind of cool. So excellent coffee. Very good. We got there, I don't know, probably about nine o'clock in the morning. A nice place. But decor, everything, beautiful. And then they had uh, the baristas, again, coffee and a smile. So you're being served Good coffee. They're smiling, very personable. We had a great experience in there. We each got our regular coffees. Again, Pam and I do not uh, dabble in uh, lattes and all of that. Maybe only once in a while I'll do it. Smelled great. Again, bacon and coffee, two best smells. And then uh, nice and strong, bold, uh, great flavor. Just again, very good coffee. Highly recommended. Grounds Coffee Bar in downtown Crystal Lake, Illinois. 
This week, uh, April 11th, will be my brother John's second anniversary of passing away. So what I thought I would do is he influenced me on the Beatles. So I'm going to give a couple of songs that mention the Beatles. I'm going to give a story actually right now with a song that, believe it or not, I actually heard him imitate in a song. And it's a song by a group of females called the Marvelettes. It came out in 1968. And it's called My Baby Must Be a Magician. Walking through the house and I downstairs and I could hear him imitating because there's a part in the song that goes, a guy cuts in like a magician, goes, you are under my power. It is the power of love. And John imitating that guy in the song, which was kind of cool because I think that's the only time, you know, I wouldn't even call it singing. It was just like him talking, imitating the person in that song, and a great song written by Smokey Robinson, Marvelettes, Motown. <laughs> Just a quick little story. <laughs> we were living at the end in West Pullman, and we were going to a party at Dan Sliders. Okay, it was my brother Jerry, and then we're all on his softball team, and he was having a party. So John and I started off at the house on 123rd Normal, drinking Tall Boys Budweisers. You know, me trying to keep up with him drinking. You know, kind of like me right now trying to run with with Reds in a marathon. It's not going to happen. So we get to, we're walking up the railroad tracks. And I still can picture me and him walking up the railroad tracks because there was tracks on, ran up, like, let's say between Wallace and Lowe. So we got there 123rd, walked straight up and slider. I think it lived on 127th. So we get there and probably got there about six o'clock. By 7.30, I was, you know, I was toast. And then they're walking me upstairs and I look and there's Johnson. Sitting there with that nice big smile on his face, the beer up to me, like saying, good night, good night. And I didn't see him again till the morning. I tried keeping up with my brothers with the beer and uh, it was a, a failing effort. So those are uh, two things for right now. I remember best about John for, I have more stories, but uh, still miss him. We'll always miss him. Uh, April 11th is a two-year anniversary. That was my little dedication to John for today. And then continuing with the music in my brother John's honor, one of the songs that has the Beatles in it is my favorite temptation song called Ball of Confusion. And he mentioned the Beatles in there. It's the Beatles' new records of gas at, towards the end of the song. We're playing it. Normally, I would never play my records upstairs, but Michael Martin's over, um, Danny Fraley, uh, I think it was Rich Kank. We're sitting upstairs and it, we had this record. We just I just bought it and we're playing it. Now it's 1970. We're home alone. It's like a Saturday. For some reason, I went upstairs and I got the old man's phonograph, put the record on and we're sitting there, you know, just BS and listening to the song. And little did I know, because, you know, the old man being home off and on, you never knew, you know, which way the wind was blowing with him. And then he comes out of the bedroom. <laughs> I was working and we didn't know, and we didn't have, the bedroom doors were like the sliding vinyl doors. They weren't wooden closing doors he comes out and he's like what the hell what what the hell's going on what are you doing home that's the first thing i said to him. what are you doing home i said what the hell is going on michael's like well we're just listening to, to a record and then danny goes and it's a really good one too he goes okay if it's really really good he goes 
take that crap downstairs and do not turn it up. So everybody out here, I'm, I'm trying to sleep. In other words, he was hungover. We had no clue he was home. But Ball of Confusion, great song, Temptations. They mentioned the Beatles. The next song is Never Been to Spain by Three Dog Night. Great song, 1972, written by Hoyt Axton. If you don't know who Hoyt Axton is, if you're familiar with the movie Gremlins, he's the dad. He's the one that buys the Gremlin and brings it home. Very good songwriter. So he wrote Never Been to Spain. And in the song, he goes, Never Been to England, but I kind of like the Beatles. Okay. It's 1972. I'm a freshman over at West Pullman High School, which is a branch of Fanger. And we're standing outside. It's cold. It's like February. And it's me, Michael. I think Pito was there and maybe Vince and a couple other people. And some girls come over that were like Donna and who I'd mentioned earlier. Michael had liked this one girl, Mary. Okay, I'll just leave her last name on. I know who it was. And we're standing there and they're saying, and Michael liked her. And they're like, you're never going to go out with her. She doesn't like you. And he really liked her. And they're telling you have no chance. You will never go out with her. Just as they're saying that, Derek Wilson, my best friend from seventh, eighth, and ninth grade, comes walking by and he hears that. So he stops. He goes, yeah, well, he's never been to Spain either. And then he kept walking. And they're looking, the girls are looking at us. We're looking around and we just started laughing and laughing. And it was so good. It was, then they walked away. But just the way Derek said it, he just, yeah, he's never been to Spain. Very funny. And I always remember that every time I listened to that song, I could hear his voice. And then it was dead silence. And we just started laughing. The last song of all people, Merle Haggard. And I have three Merle Haggard records. Now, if you remember when I said, when we went to California and somebody called uh, Red and I Okies, there's a song by Merle Haggard called Okie from Muskogee. I have that one. Another one called Big City, um, which is a really good song uh, from the 80s. And then the other one, it's called Are the Good Times Really Over for Good? And it's such a good record. And in it, he says it was before Elvis and the Vietnam War and then before the Beatles and yesterday. He mentions the Beatles in there in a Merle Haggard song of all things. Just a great, great song. And if you listen to it, big for the 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, now, uh, just a great song. It starts off, I wish a buck was still silver. It was back when the country was strong. But he mentions the Beatles. Before the Beatles. And yesterday. Those are the three songs uh, with the Beatles in honor of my brother John. The memories of uh, with those songs is great with my 45. Also, last week, and we're going to do it again this week, probably do it for the next couple of weeks, is the beginning song the producer put in, which I gave her, says, um, you live your life by the songs you hear on a rock and roll radio. That's Helen Reddy from the song Angie Baby. And it was written by Ellen O'Day who later would have his own number one hit called Undercover Angel. Didn't mention it last week, but that's my favorite Helen Reddy song, Angie Baby. And it has such a great beginning. Again, we're going to start it off every week with that one because it is true, at least for me. Again, with all my 45s, I can tell you every a story with every single one 
on my 45s that I bought. Maybe an album too, but we'll stick with the 45s for now. Next week, we're going to have a very, very special guest on. The producer's husband, Ed, will be joining us. And we went over, Pam and I went over to her house um, about a month ago for dinner. Dinner was excellent. Okay. Producer made some drinks, you know, and Ed and I stood over on the side and looking at his vinyl collection. Excellent vinyl collection. Excellent. So he's going to be here and we're going to talk about music. I'll continue with my vinyl from the vault and then Ed and I will um, discuss music. He didn't appreciate me bringing over the disco song that I brought over, but you know, we'll debate that one too. It's going to be fun. And then the last Sunday in April, I'm going to talk about my favorite childhood year, 1970, and all the great music from that one. I was 12 going on 13. My best, my favorite year of my childhood, 1970, just a a great year. And I'll spend a lot of time on that one for uh, the last Sunday in April. Again, our Instagram is at Mary B's fifth son, M-A-R-Y-B-S, at M-A-R-Y-B-S number five, T-H-S-O-N. Is that right, producer? Okay. We'll get that and then. Oh, Lord, um, April 22nd is the day Pam and I got engaged. My old man died two days later, okay? As the story would go, that once he found out that I was the one getting married out of all of his sons, he had a heart attack. And I might add, too, that April 1st was the last time I saw him. It was at Red's house on Northwest Highway in Chicago. It was Easter that year on April 1st, and then he died three weeks later. Um, I think I gave him some money that day too, where he borrowed some money from me. He died before he could pay me back. So, <laughs> which as Tom Jones would say, that's not unusual. <laughs> so that's it. Thanks again. Instagram, which is at Mary B's fifth son, M-A-R-Y-B-S number five, T-H-S-O-N. Okay. Any comments or suggestions, good or bad, send them to our email, which is Mary bs5son at gmail.com. So that would be M-A-R-Y-B-S, the number five, S-O-N at gmail.com. To my mom, again, who always said two things will make a day go by better. Coffee and a smile. If you put those two together, you're going to have a good day. Thanks again for joining us with Coffee Break with Mary B's Fifth Son. Join us next week where we continually talk about coffee, which we all love. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Jeff Balser. The intro was by Yvonne Two Elements. Thank you. Uh, Production by Downtown Media Works. Join us every Sunday morning for Coffee Break with Mary B's Fifth Son. And you can like and subscribe us on Apple Podcasts. And you can also find our website on Buzzsprout. Do you remember the first record that you ever heard? The first record I ever heard, it would probably be a Beach Boys song. Probably, help me Rhonda, 1965. You know, a lot of people say, well, don't you remember uh, Beatles being on Ed Sullivan, you know, 64? No, no, I don't. Because even if we did want to watch it, the old man wouldn't let us watch it. We were probably going to watch like, um, I don't know, Lawrence Falk, I think it was on Saturdays or Sundays. But yeah, we would, I, I think it was uh, that Beach Boys album from 65.
would help me round them. When did you guys get your first record player? Did you always have one growing up in the house, or is that yeah, something you my, guys got my later? My dad always had my dad always had that record player. He always we always had a record player. So even when you were like really little, you guys had a record player. Yeah, he because he liked music. He you know again like I said last week, he had such an assortment of records, and uh, he always yeah he would always play them every Sunday morning the majority of times. But we always had a record player in the house. That was like one of your really important possessions. For our house, yeah. I mean, for him, and then it trickled down to all of us as we started liking music. I know my older brothers, they would uh, get the 45s, and then we would have to use his record player until we got our own, until they got their own. But yeah, was he we, ever, I, did he, was he ever like hanging out when you guys were listening to records? What, hanging out with us? No. No. No, listening to songs with us? No, uh-uh. Mm-mm. So, like, if he heard you, do you think he'd be all mad if you guys if he found out you guys were using his record player? No, because some days he would let us, that he'd be home. But, again, a lot of times he wouldn't be home, so we take advantage of him. I can tell you one time he actually said he liked the song I was listening to, and it was called Taking Care of Business by Bachman Turner Overdrive. That was, like, 1973. Okay, was still drinking at that time. I uh, And... Even now, the radios, they, it takes an hour for them to play a song, put it in the rotation, and they play it every hour. So I loved that song. So I would listen to it in the kitchen, and he came in there one day, and he heard it. He actually liked it. I think he liked the phrase, taking care of business, because that was on Elvis's plane, T-C-O-B, taking care of business. That's where they got it from, actually, I think. But, yeah, he, uh, that's the only song I remember him ever saying that he liked, any of us ever listened to, was that one. That's why it was funny when we went to see Randy Bachman at the um, city winery. And that's where he explained how they wrote taking care of business. So it brought me back to me sitting in that kitchen, listening. I would sit there for an hour and wait for that song to play again. And then I finally would go out and buy the record. But when I first heard it, I'm like, ooh. So then I got to wait an hour. And I'd sit at that kitchen table listening to the radio and making sure that I wouldn't miss it. Because if you missed it back then, you would have to wait another hour. Wait, did you ever make coffee while listening to music? What? Yeah, once a while with the instant coffee, yeah. I'd sit there. Is that that drink your mom would make you with that powdered milk? Yeah, and by then, I yeah, with, with the carnation, put that in there and then get the sugar in there. So, yeah, I'd make, I'd make a cup in the wintertime. In the summertime, no. But in the winter, I would sit there and on Sundays, you know, my brothers would be gone or doing stuff. And then I would hear a song taking care of business. And then another one was um, just my imagination by the temptations. When I first heard that song, man, that was like magic. It was so good that I would wait. And I was like 1971. I would wait until that song again, an hour for the rotation. I would wait. And it was such a good song. One other song. Yeah. It's 17 by Janice Ian. That was, that's a great I don't know that song. Oh, uh, really? I learned the truth at 17. That love was never meant to be. High school girls with clear skin smiles who married young, then retired. And those of us with ravages faces, lacking in the social graces, desperately remained at home, inventing lovers on their phone. All <laughs> no. as they come dance with me and murmur vague obscenities. <laughs> and it all that it seems at 17. Yeah. And those whose names were never called when choosing sides for basketball. Oh, my God. I, I met her, Janice Ian. It, it was great. It was, she's so nice. And then I told her, I said, I can tell you right now, for me, 
as far as words and songs influence, I said that stands up next to Eve of Destruction by um, Barry McGuire, written by P.F. Sloan. Okay. So she was so nice, but that's, that was my song 75. Cause I had acne in high school. Okay. So I related to that song and that was one that I just would listen to every hour. And then we'd go drive around with my friends and that song would come on. They hated it, but I would tell them, do not change that channel. We'd be driving around. Do not change it. Cause I loved it. I still had that song. I got, you know, like I had her sign a 45 when we met her. I, she signed a book and I brought the 45. I had her sign it. Maybe I'll put it on uh, Instagram, but yes, you should. As you can see, I know I still know all the words. Okay. And she was the very first musical guest on Saturday Night Live to sing that song. That's right. Wait, so she was on the first episode to sing? The very first episode of Saturday Night Live, I think 1975, Janice Ian sang at 17. Yeah. Great song. And I got her on uh, Midnight Special. Uh-huh. Okay, with that song, just a, a very, just a, a very good song. Okay, and if you want to talk, Alone Again Naturally is voted the most depressing song. This song at 17 would probably be number two. Okay, about a high school girl that just was a, let's say, call it an ugly duckling, according to the thing, with a ravaged face, lacking in the social graces. Okay, yeah. And it's a, a very good song, and she's just so good. I think she lives in Nashville now. Good songwriter. She had a, a hit when she was 14 called Society's Child, where she's dating a, a, I think, black guy in the song. And she was 14 when she wrote it and everything. So, you know, a, a very, very talented songwriter. So, again, very first musical guest on Saturday Night Live, and that was the song at 17. Because okay. I learned the truth at 17. Wait, why? Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just uh. kidding. I used to say to the parties, you know what I learned? What? The truth at 17. Okay. And then everyone was like, wait, what'd you say? Yeah, what'd right. And I'd get people confused. They would just like, be standing there listening to people talking stupid. I'd say, you know what I learned? <laughs> what? The truth at 17. Okay. <laughs> and then I'd walk away. I learned the truth at 17. That love was meant 